The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. I have a confession to make right off the bat. This is strange. It's strange for me to be up here on camera, and it's got to be strange for you. It's just different. We don't usually do this. This is not our practice. And so just to break the ice of how strange and awkward this may be, although Kelly and Leah and Brett and Laura done a fantastic job this morning, I want to break the ice by beginning with a practice that we normally do, at least at times here at the Springs. Today is my wife Kim's birthday. And so I want all of Kim's friends to join with me in singing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kim. Happy birthday to you. It's good and right to celebrate life. And my wife Kim is 29 years old today. It's amazing how she keeps her youth. It is strange to be in this situation, but it is right and it is good for us to do this. For this is how we love one another, protect those who are vulnerable. It is the loving thing to do. And so for however long we have to do this, we will be committed to practicing worship together online. There's another confession that we got to make. To be real honest, these days, there is a lot of emotions happening. You may be feeling confusion or disorientation. I mean, there's new things coming out in the news all the time about this virus. There's stuff coming up all the time about what it is and how it can be contracted and what the numbers are and is the death toll rising. It's confusing. We don't even know how long this is going to last. And so many of us are feeling disoriented, confused. Our lives are disrupted, and that just feels strange. You also may be feeling fear and anxiety. Fear about your health. Fear about your parents and your grandparents. Fear about those who are most vulnerable to the virus. You may be feeling anxiety about your kids. Are they going to be healthy? How do I keep them healthy? Is there going to be any school? How long will they be out of school? You also may be feeling frustration and anger. Frustration at the situation, at the disruption to life, at the uncertainty. Anger in this feeling of being powerless and maybe even being cooped up all day long in tight quarters with your family may produce a certain amount of tension. You may also be feeling quite a bit of boredom. The amount of movies that you can catch up on these days, the amount of binge watching of TV If there is ever a moment, this is the moment. In fact, I saw a news article that in Europe, Netflix and YouTube is reducing their streaming 
reducing their streaming speed so that the internet won't break. So many people are on the internet, Netflix and YouTube, tra- streaming movies. And the things people do when they are bored. I've been watching uh, clips online of people doing a challenge where they're juggling toilet paper to see how many times they can juggle toilet paper. That is if you can find toilet paper. I also heard a story about a man who poured dishwashing soap all over his kitchen floor and then used the slick surface as a treadmill to get exercise and to clean his floor at the same time. You may also be experiencing loneliness. Being isolated from one another sharpens our sense of how much our relationships give us life. And when we're apart from one another, we are reminded that God has made us for each other to be in relationship. And so when we're not in relationship, when we can't be around each other, we experience loneliness. And for you who are an introvert, congratulations. A 14-day self-isolation is like a dream come true. But no matter what you are feeling, all of these feelings are appropriate. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to feel all these things and even more. And so if you're watching and you're watching on the live stream on Facebook, there's a section where we want you to contribute your comments. We want you to be able to participate Whatever you're feeling, share that with others in the live stream. We actually have missionaries, some of our missionaries from around the world that are watching. Say hi to them. Chime in. Connect with one another. For this is not just affecting us here at the Springs. It's it's affecting the entire world. But the one thing that I think that all of us are experiencing is a real sense of disbelief. And what I mean by that, it's like we're all living in a movie. I don't know how many times this week I've heard the phrase, these are crazy times. Or the phrase, I have never experienced something like this in my entire life. And so, We are in this series, Gathered by God. And if it wasn't ironic last week, when only half of us were sitting in this room, it is for sure ironic this week, where you are sitting at home and I'm standing up here in front of a camera, and trying to talk about God and how he gathers us when you and I have, in a sense, never been so far apart physically. I don't know of any other time in this church's history where you and I and others have been so far apart in our own homes, separated from one another. And so the real question is this. How can God God gather us when we are so scattered? When Brett and I started thinking about this sermon series, we actually scheduled today to be, uh, to read Psalm 44. 
And the title of this sermon today is Gathered in Exile. When we planned this and assigned today for Gathered in Exile, there was no way we could have imagined the circumstances and the situation. Being here, you watching online, feeling exiled from one another and from our lives. And so it's appropriate and maybe even providential that we read from Psalm 44. The word of the Lord. We have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. With your hand you drove out the nations and planted our ancestors. You crushed the people and made our ancestors flourish. It was not by their swords that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. If your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, it was that because you loved them. And you are my king and my God, who decrees victory for Jacob. Though you, through you, we push back our enemies, and through your name we trample our foes. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God, we make our boast all day long, and we will praise your name forever. But now, you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies you made us retreat before the enemy, and our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a penance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbors, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. The people shake their heads at us, I live in disgrace all day long, and my face is covered with shame at the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. All this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you. We had not been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. But you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals. You covered us with your deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to foreign gods, would not God have discovered it since he knows the secrets of our heart? Yet for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, O Lord. Why do you sleep? Rouse yourselves. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. Psalm 44 is set in the context of exile. In 722, the Assyrian Empire comes into the northern part of Israel and they take them captive. And they deport most of Israel off to Assyria. 
But then in 587 BC, the Babylonians, some 135 years later, come into the southern kingdom and they take lots and lots of God's people and they deport them back to Babylon. And a few things happen that really make sense of this text for us. One, the walls of Jerusalem. When the Babylonians come in, the walls of Jerusalem are totally dismantled. The center of God's promise to Israel was in shambles. The whole structure of Israel's community, life came apart. Plans canceled, economic hardship and uncertainty relationships disrupted, fear and anxiety over the future. There's frustration and anger over the disruption and the feeling of powerlessness and the disbelief. I can only imagine how many times the phrase, these are crazy times, was said. Or how many times someone said, I have never seen anything like this in my life. All signs of stability, all that seemed guaranteed by God's faithfulness, all that gave symbolic certitude and coherence, all that was linked to significance, identity, and security was completely gone. They were not gathered, but scattered. For some still were living in Assyria, while others were taken off to Babylon, and still others remained in Jerusalem under occupation and complete lockdown. And finally, the temple's been destroyed. In effect, God's dwelling among his people was gone. And so it's no wonder that in verse 9, the psalmist says this, but now you have abandoned us. And if there's no temple, how could God be present with them now? If God is not present with them, how could he gather How could God gather us when we're so scattered? You know, one of the most remarkable features of the faith in the Old Testament is that in exile, in the experience of disruption and displacement, this threat does not produce despair. But what is amazing about the faith of this story about the exile in the Old Testament is that it doesn't produce despair for God's people, but is actually an event that produces hope. It is in exile that God's people learn to hope because it's when they are scattered that they learn that this is precisely when God is with them. Laura read earlier from the psalmist in Psalm 139. It says this. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. I want to say this to you this morning. That just because we are in a moment of self-isolation, that does not mean that you're alone. There is no place, no situation, there are no circumstances, no amount of distance, no amount of darkness, no amount of self-isolation that can hide you and I from the presence of God. God's Spirit is with you. And you are not alone. And if God's Spirit is with you, and is with me, and as God's Spirit is in you and in me, then we are connected even though we are apart. And we are gathered by God's Spirit even if we cannot be physically close to one another. This phrase, social distancing, has been a phrase we've become very familiar with these days. You could probably look it up on the internet about how many times the word social distancing has been used, but it's a phrase that we've become very accustomed to. And I'm hoping that we're practicing it for the sake of our neighbors. But I want to say this, is that just because we are self-isolating does not mean that we're alone. And if God's Spirit lives in you and lives in me, and that connects us to one again, together to one another, then I want to say this as well, that social distancing does not mean social disengagement. If God is engaged and present with you and I, then we are called by His Spirit to be engaged and present with others. You don't always have to be in the presence of others to be socially engaged. We do want you to practice social distancing. But social distancing does not mean that you're not socially engaged. It's amazing the ways people have been able to connect over the past few weeks. In fact, I saw this video on the news, and you may have caught this as well that where the epicenter of the coronavirus is in Italy, people have found very, a very creative way to connect with one another. Not just over the internet or not over social media, but actually in their community. You may have seen this video, but if you haven't, watch the screen.
amazing the ways that people are connecting with one another. And you saw the hope and enjoyment that people shared with one another just by getting out on their balcony and singing together. I hope that's what we've done this morning, and I hope there will be more creative ways to connect with one another. Because social distancing does not mean social disengagement. For if God, by His Spirit, is not leaving you alone, then we shouldn't leave each other alone. Connect with your neighbor. See if your neighbor needs anything. Don't be afraid to connect by text or by phone or by FaceTime someone in this congregation. Connections groups, stay connected. I've already heard of several connections groups that have video conferenced one another. Or like Kelly said earlier, to, they've discovered the app Marco Polo. This story came up, and I'm sure you saw it if you look on Facebook. John McCurdy shared this story. He said that a few days ago that Jane Loafman gave him a call. And because they have to be isolated, because they are more vulnerable, McCurdy's are more vulnerable to the virus, that Jane gave them a call and said, hey, what do you guys need? And so John said, well, my glasses, one of the pads in my glasses broke, and I really need another pad in order to be able to wear my glasses. So Jane called Monima Stevens, who is organizing our benevolence, and she is the person to call to connect to if you need something or if you want to volunteer to help out. And Monima said, you need to call Aaron Trigg. Aaron works at an eyeglass uh, store. And so Aaron was able to get a pad for John's glasses. And someone was able to take that iPad for the eyeglasses to John McCurdy. That's just one of several stories. That's just one of several ways that we could be committed to socially engaging with one another. We do want you to keep social distance, but social distancing does not mean that you are socially disengaged. And if you need help, please, please reach out. Call the church office. And if you're willing to volunteer to help go get groceries or to be of service to others, let us know. We'd be happy to send you on an errand. In exile, Israel's stability, Israel's certainty, Israel's security, they were all canceled. Their plans and their normal interactions with people were canceled. And it seemed that the presence of God and their very lives had been completely canceled. I heard it said by someone this week that while so much is being canceled, hope cannot be canceled. It is in exile that God's people learn to hope. Because it is, it is there in exile when they are scattered that God's people learn that it is precisely when God is with them, gathering them for his purposes. 
I want to finish today by reading the words of Paul from Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to all of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, even the coronavirus, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.